Hey, how's it going? It's Jocelyn here, the host of the Meliora Mentor Podcast, here for our pregnancy episode. I wanted to share some things about gestational diabetes. So last week I did a um, kind of informational podcast episode on gestational diabetes, but I've taken some time to interview three women that I know that have had to deal with gestational diabetes, and I'm going to bring you those interviews to help give you insight on what it might be like, how it is to go through it, what you can do to help, what doesn't help, and get some feedback from real people who have had to go through this. I have not had to go through this, but they have, and they give some very valuable insight. So thank you for joining us for today's first interview on gestational diabetes. Hi, I'm Jocelyn, the host of the Meliora Mentor Podcast. Meliora means better in Latin. I encourage better thoughts for a better you and a better life through taking small steps in thought and action. I help pregnant women and mothers to find positivity in their season of life through changing their thoughts to work for them and not against them. I help mothers find the small, doable steps without making drastic changes to their everyday life. And I can help you. Thanks for joining. Hi, I'm Jocelyn here today to give you a little bit more light on gestational diabetes. And with me, I actually have one of my past roommates. (laughs) Her name is Jacqueline. Jacqueline, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I have been married for almost eight years now. I have three kids. My son is six, and I have two girls who are four and one, and we live in Washington State, and my husband is a farmer. Awesome. Thanks for coming on here. Um, So like I mentioned, we're talking about gestational diabetes. Will you tell us a little bit of your story with gestational diabetes? Yeah, so I didn't get gestational diabetes till my second pregnancy. Um, So my son is the oldest and his pregnancy was fine. Um, I ended up being induced with him. Um, But other than that, everything was pretty much textbook, nothing too crazy. Um, And then uh, we had a miscarriage and then I had got pregnant with my daughter and everything was pretty okay. I mean, you get kind of nervous after miscarriages and things. And then I got tested for gestational diabetes. I didn't think anything would happen. Um, I didn't have like the quote unquote markers. I I wasn't overweight, anything like that. So when they told me I failed my one hour, I was like, what? How did this even happen? Um, So they sent me to do a three hour test, um, which was not the funnest, especially when you're pregnant. Um, You have to uh, go fasting and then they'll draw your blood fasting. And then you have to drink the drink, which is like twice the amount as the first one hour test. Um, the concentration is like twice as much, even gross, (laughs) more gross. (laughs) And then you have to sit and wait, and then they'll draw you after one hour and then you have to sit and wait again. And then after two hours, and then you have to wait again and you have to do it after three hours. Um, and then that comes back and she told me that I had failed it. And I was like, what? (laughs) This doesn't make any sense to me. 
So then she said, well, we, what we do is we send you to like a class to teach you about gestational diabetes and how to manage it and how to use the glucose monitors and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay. And the nurse was really sweet at the class. There was a few other women that were there and uh, she just went over like, it wasn't anything that we did. It's more of like a placenta issue. So, so for some reason, your placenta doesn't regulate the sugars and stuff as it's supposed to. And it doesn't matter if you're overweight or thin. It doesn't matter. It can happen to anyone. Um, there's no like real predisposition as to having it or getting it. And I knew one lady that was in our group. She was really mad that she had it because she's like, I eat really healthy. We don't eat junk food at all. Like all this stuff. She was going on about it. And the lady was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's just the way it, your placenta develops during pregnancy. So she was like, okay, fine. And so for me, um, she told us you have to draw your blood when you first wake up in the morning. So when you're fasting in the morning, so no water or anything, you're supposed to do it first thing in the morning. And then um, you can eat breakfast and then you have to wait two hours and then you have to draw your blood and see what your numbers are. And they give you the numbers of where they want you to be. And I, if I remember right, it's been a while, you're supposed to be under 120 after you've eaten something. So if it's over that, obviously you want to keep it under that. There's a lot of uh, complications that can happen for babies. They tend to be larger at birth. Um, and then they have to test the baby's blood sugar after they're born as well. So keeping those under are good. Um, I, you're supposed to limit your carbs. Um, another trick she told us was if you've eaten something, especially if there's too many carbs or something like that, too much sugar, um, to exercise, like go for a walk or something, it helps use up those sugars in your body. So sometimes if you cheat or whatever, or you don't think about it, um, then my son and I would go for a walk a lot, which was good because he was too. So, you know, they're busy. So that was <laughs> easy motivation for him. So that was fine. Um, and it took some getting used to because what one person reacts to, you might not react to. So you might be okay eating potatoes, but someone else might not be, or you could eat a whole bunch of noodles or something, but someone else can't. So it's kind of a trial and error for a while. till you learn what spikes your blood sugar more than others. They give you like the portion sizes for each kind of food. Um, and then after she was born, they would check my sugars during labor every, I think it was every hour, every two hours or something like that. And then for the baby, when they're born, um, they check them. So four times between the 24 hours, the first 24 hours they're born, they have to pass all of their sugar tests or they have to start them all over. Um, or they could be admitted to like the NICU for observation and that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's kind of how that goes. Gotcha. So did your babies pass the blood sugar test? I didn't know they did one in babies. Yeah. So they have to, it's just like a finger prick, like you do yourself. Um, and then thankfully mine all passed. Um, the last one I'm always like, come on, I don't want to have to stay here longer because they'd have to keep them another day. So Thankfully, both of my girls passed, um, and I thought it was interesting that both of my girls' pregnancies, they both had gestational diabetes in both of them. So 
that was kind of interesting for me. Gotcha. So you mentioned about like foods and stuff. Were you able to control gestational diabetes through your diet and walking? You also mentioned exercise. Or um, actually couldn't, sadly. So for me, um, between my first or my two pregnancies, my two daughters, um, the first one, I had a different physician than with the second one. Um, I just didn't like the office. Um, so we changed and um, they actually wanted my sugars lower than my second physician. So that was really hard. They wanted it to be under like 95. And that was really hard. I was, I would go in every week and I'm like, they're still not staying down. I'm like barely eating anything at this point. Um, I would feel really dizzy because I wasn't eating anything really. Cause you have to, you have to wait the two hours between eating anything to even eat a snack. So that got kind of hard. Um, so for me, it was really hard initially with my first daughter because I was like, I didn't know what to do. And they were saying they have to be this low. So I ended up having to go on a low dose of uh, medication. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called now, but <clears throat> that's what I had to do. And um, they said it was fine. It just helps um, everything regulate easier, helps the blood sugar become more stabilized and that kind of thing. So I did that. And then they still weren't staying low enough. So they had to up it again um, from like five to 10, I think it was. And then about generally they don't let you go over your due date because babies can be so large with gestational diabetes. Um, so we got to two weeks, I guess it was three weeks before my due date. And so they were talking about having to be induced if I wasn't going to go into labor on my own. And then a week before my due date, she said, actually it was two weeks before my due date. She said, okay, we're going to end up inducing you next week. If you don't go into labor, because it looks like your sugars are starting to go up regardless of the fact that you're on medication. If the medication doesn't work, then you have to go on insulin shots. But since I was so far at the end of my pregnancy, she didn't worry about that. She said at that point, we might as well just induce because my body was no longer handling the pregnancy. So my daughter was induced a week early with our first, with my first daughter, my second daughter, um, it was basically the same. He didn't make me do the three hour test because I'd already had diabetes before. So he said, well, just, you failed the first hour. We'll just assume you have it. Um, which I was grateful for <laughs> and so started monitoring my blood sugars and he was fine with it. Like he was saying, Oh no, they look fine. And I was like, are you sure? Because I remember the first one. And he, I was like, these are not as low as that. And so he's like, no, they're fine. You're fine. And she was actually born on her due date. He didn't, I was induced. Um, and he was actually fine with like, even letting me go over my due date, which I thought was kind of different from our first one that we had. So, but I was induced on her due date and she was born that day. So. Gotcha. That's, that's interesting. Did you have to check your insulin? Like where that would, did they make you check or ask you to check your insulin? So every so often, or how did that work? You do have to check it four times a day. So you check it fasting and then basically after every meal. So after you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, and then dinner, sometimes you can have a snack if it's, you know, obviously before bed, you just have to kind of make sure that's not going to spike your blood sugar in the middle of the night. So that can get kind of hard to do. Yeah, that's a lot. That is definitely a lot to add. 
did it affect your your pregnancy negatively or different like compared to your son or was it the same other than you had to watch what you ate and how much you exercised um it was pretty much the same I'm trying to think his was my first pregnancy so I think I don't know I feel like first pregnancies are easier maybe not but his was pretty easy um and my daughter's, my last one was really hard. Um, I remember telling my husband if it was going to be like this, I don't know if we could have any more because I just didn't want to <laughs> have to deal with it anymore. Um, so I think the second time was harder because um, the things that worked with my first daughter didn't work with my second daughter. And so the, I was like, oh, I know how to deal with this. So I'll just do that. But it wasn't the same the second time. So I had to find all new things that were that I could eat and that I could just going for a walk didn't seem to matter that much, you know, like I had to be more act, even more active than I was before. Um, so that got kind of difficult. I mean, I had two kids, so at least I was pretty busy trying to keep up with them. So that was at least nice, but yeah. Gotcha. Um, so what were the biggest tips that or things that you found that did help you out when, um, I know this will be different for everyone because of what you said, like even from pregnancy to pregnancy, it's been different. <clears throat> um, but what were some things that did help um, that maybe someone could try when they're just like scratching their head? Like, what can I do next? <laughs> yeah, um, I would definitely say um, you want to make sure you have enough protein. If you eat protein with your carbs, that definitely helps. Um, and definitely being as active as you can. I know it's hard in pregnancy and sometimes we don't want to be, but um, definitely being as active as you can be. Um, and if you've had like a previous gestational diabetes diagnosis to definitely get your sugars checked before you're wanting to get pregnant again, um, it does increase your risk of developing diabetes later on in life. Um, so definitely check those things before. So you know what your baseline is. Um, and even if you're wanting to get pregnant anyways, I feel like it's a good idea to get blood work done just so you kind of know what your normal is before you have all those lovely changes that happen in pregnancy. Um, and it's good for your doctor too. So they know what your regular baseline is. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I never thought about that. That's really good insight. Um, I had a question for did gestational diabetes. Um, did it, were, did you have big babies? Actually? No, my son was actually the biggest out of, Oh, all of them. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. He was ended up being 10 days late and he was 714. My first daughter was, let's see if I can remember, 74. And then my second daughter was 78. So they were all right around the same amount of weight, actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cause that, that was the main thing I remember hearing about gestational diabetes is that it can bring big babies. And that's cool that yours weren't, um, weren't, that way. <laughs> you had normal size babies. Um, yeah. so were there things that made it worse that made your gestational diabetes worse or that you found like, uh, I probably shouldn't do that or yeah. Any insight there? Um, mostly you just have to, it was <laughs> trying not to give in to some of your cravings. Um, for my girls, I wanted everything sweet. And I don't know if it was because they were girls or if it was because I had diabetes. That was the hardest thing for me. I'm not generally a sweet person. And so 
wanting that was so much harder because obviously that's going to make your sugar spike and you aren't, you can't have that. So it was really hard for me. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I did cheat because I was like, I just want it so bad. Um, and it is really hard. Um, so definitely trying to give yourself the grace to know that it's okay. You're not going to screw up your baby. If you cheat once or twice, it's going to be fine. Just know that okay, well, I did that. So maybe I should be more active for a little while to try to counteract what I just did. Um, it is a lot of stress, I think on your mind to try to be like, I need to be really good and I need to do this. And I don't know, I feel like giving yourself grace, it's a hard situation. It's very stress. It can be very stressful, especially if you have other kids in your house, because lots of times what you can eat, either they don't want to, or you don't want to limit what they're eating too, just because you need to. And so that can be really stressful. Yeah, that's valuable insight. Cause I know when I'm pregnant, I'm just like, I'm ravenous and I want everything. And I'm kind of like you, I want the yeah. sweet foods or the carbs and pastas. So that I can imagine would be so hard. So, so hard. Um, I appreciate that insight though, that it's not the end all if you have a treat like there's you can exercise to combat it and just keep moving forward and doing the best you can that's all we yeah. can really do um yeah I think that's a lot of my questions do you have any insight or helpful tips for moms that might be going through gestational diabetes that you'd like to to share or pass on before we close up um I think what I would have probably liked to know is that it's not your fault it's not something that you caused. Um, it's just basically a roll of the dice is what the nurse had told me. And I just kind of took that to heart saying it wasn't my fault. I might not have had their typical standards of what people end up looking like for gestational diabetes. I know when I went to get induced with my daughters, the doctor was like, you don't look like someone who would have diabetes. And I was like, well, I do like, I don't know, you know, I'm like, I don't know what to do about that. So I think just taking a breather, cry it out if you need to, you know, I mean, it's stressful. It's one more thing you have to think about. Um, and you think about having your baby and what could possibly happen. But I think just letting out the stress, however it is that you need to let it out and then moving on and dealing with what you have to do, know that it's only like, I think 20, what is it? 15 weeks of your pregnancy seems like a long time. I know, but really anybody can do anything for that long. I think, you know, so just know that there is an end in sight and usually it, it does rectify itself after you deliver the baby, it can go, your sugars can go right back to normal. So know that there is an end in sight. It's not going to last forever. And then you'll have a cute little baby at the end. Yeah. Yay. Thank you so much. I love that. I love your insights that you can do this. And also that's a valuable one for me too. Like it's, it is temporary. Um, and did, was your, your gestational diabetes didn't continue after pregnancy, did it? No. So it can take up to six weeks to, to correct itself. Um, but they did check it in the hospital and mine were fine. And then usually I think at your six weeks, they'll double check just to make sure that it's you know, under control and that kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad it, it went away and, and it does that there's uh, an end inside and this is just temporary. So 
You got this mamas and thanks Jacqueline for sharing some insight on gestational diabetes with us. Yep. You're welcome. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Hey, thank you for listening. I do want to apologize for my sound quality. I've been trying different microphones and headsets and I found ones that don't work very great. So, so I apologize that my audio wasn't that great. When I record these podcast interviews, they are different than the mic I use for my normal podcast. So trying to find a good set and I appreciate your patience with that, but glad that Jacqueline's worked well because hers was the story we wanted to hear. Thank you for implementing these tools into your life, for doing the hard things, for growing these babies, and for being patient and having to deal with something like gestational diabetes. Until next time. Thank you for being a part of the Meliora Mentor Podcast, for listening, for sharing, and for most of all, applying these tools into your own life to improve your own happiness so that you can find your own better thoughts for a better you and a better life through taking small steps in thought or action to reach your goal. If you are one of those individuals who have an inner desire but are having a difficult time making progress in your goals, I can help you find the small, doable steps without drastic changes to your everyday life. Reach out, let's connect, and let's see you move forward. My name is Jocelyn, and I thank you for listening. Until next time.